0: I'm here right now at SellerCon in Las Vegas. I'm with Bradley Sutton, who works with Helium 10, which is a a software that provides a suite of tools for Amazon sellers to help them do product research, to help them find uh, keywords for their product, to help them optimize their Amazon listing. Incredible tool that every Amazon seller needs, but I want to spend time today talking to you about listing optimization because you've launched and optimized over 400 products on Amazon. You have so much experience on this that a lot of people might not have. So I want to dive into that today, but thanks for taking the time, man.
1: Thanks for inviting me. It's good to finally meet you me in person.
0: Yeah. So h- how did you get involved in Amazon? Because I know before Helium 10, yeah. you're doing consulting, you worked with a lot of Amazon sellers. So how did, how did this all come about for you?
1: Yeah, I, I had um, like 20 years ago, I started uh, being entrepreneurs, like when Fast and Furious came out and I joined this Korean company who was focusing on Korean cars, and so I was really into that. So I made these connections at that time with these Korean gentlemen, and we have stayed in contact throughout the years. And about five, six years ago, they're like, "Hey, you know, we just started a cell phone case. You know, it's cliche now, but literally in those days it was it was a lot different than it is now. A cell phone case company. Like we're going to start selling on Amazon. Would you like to join our company?" So I I was kind of like the 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 name on the company because I was the only American, and I provided the warehouse and everything. They provided the Amazon know how, and it was just. Instantly successful. I mean, each SKU, they had like only six or seven SKUs. Each SKU is selling like a 1,000 units a day. Wow. It's crazy. It was in the heyday of, you know, when Amazon cell phone cases just started taking off. But they kind of kept their information tight. You know, even though I was um, a part owner of the company, they just had me do the logistics side and things. So I really didn't know what was going on. And they really didn't know what they were doing either. They got completely lucky with, with these listings. and They just took off. But what happened was... Now all of a sudden, companies like Speegen and you know Caseology and things like they could see what they were doing, and they actually knew what you know the right way to do Amazon. So they just copied what was working uh, for them, and they just took off. And then that business went from a thousand units per skew to five hundred a day to one hundred to like almost nothing. Companies split up. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I was like not exactly inspired to go back to the corporate world. You know, once you have that taste yeah. of the. Uh, yeah. Of, of kind of being your own boss. It's, it's kind of hard to go back you know, to working for the man again. So I just went to a conference uh, like, like this one, um, just on, on, on a whim. I heard it on a podcast. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go. And it kind of changed my life because up until that point, I didn't know anything about Amazon, even though I was working for a company on Amazon. And just seeing what was possible and the different speakers and the networking that I did just completely changed my trajectory. I just dedicated myself to learning everything I could, taking courses, watching videos, networking. Um, and then, uh, I just became a consultant. You know, I, I was like, I didn't, I didn't really want to do my own private label. Um, I started just working for those original guys again. They, they were like, Hey, we saw that you finally learned how to do it. Can you help us? You know, so they hired me back kind of as a consultant. Uh, I was hired by other companies and, and I, just, I launched all those products. So that's kind of like my history. I, I, um, I went from, no, you know, not knowing anything to do on Amazon and just really dedicated myself to learning thanks to a conference and then, um, just started helping other sellers. Yeah.
0: Let, let me ask you about, I guess, uh, picking a product, because that's yeah. something that you know, a lot of people that are watching this, they're maybe at that stage, mm-hmm. they're thinking about getting started, they're not sure what to sell, um, maybe they're going through an amazing selling machine or a course like that that's giving them a criteria to help them, but what have you noticed, Like, what are the things that people need to look for? Because you can optimize a listing, but if there's no demand for it, yep. you know, you know, or you're not getting traffic to it, it's not gonna matter. So I guess before we get into the optimization sure. of a listing, what should people look
1: for when deciding which product that they're going to sell um, on Amazon? So important. You know, uh, I love Gary Vee, but, uh, but he talks a lot to entrepreneurs and what, they, what he says, or influencers. Entrepreneurs or influencers, hey, what should I do? He always will say, which is 100% correct, do what you're passionate about, what you know a lot about. It's going to give you a better chance at being successful. You know, like uh, if you're into fashion, you know, make a YouTube channel about fashion, all right? You know, if you're passionate about it, it's going to, it's going to reflect But the thing is, you can't do that on Amazon. It's a different ballgame. I could be passionate about phone cases, right? I could be the number one expert in the world on phone cases. That does not mean I'm gonna be successful on Amazon. As a matter of fact, I won't be, because cell phone cases now is such a saturated market that it would be almost impossible to to scale a a brand new business uh, that doesn't have a brand name. So the first thing I tell everyone is, um, it's great if the product that you are an expert in or that you are passionate about, maybe there is opportunity oh you 've just hit the holy grail right there ninety five percent chance that's probably not the case you 've got to go and find the opportunity and it could be uh, something a keyword or a niche that you don 't know anything about but learn about it because that's that 's where the opportunity is going to be you can 't do you can 't be selfish when're you're, when you're thinking about a new private label so Find the opportunity, make sure there's demand. You know, that's the other thing is Amazon is not Kickstarter. You know, um, I could have the most amazing thing, speaking of cell phone cases, I could have a cell phone case that maybe has a laser pointer, you know, right? Maybe amazing, amazing product, right? You're not going to get sales on Amazon because nobody is searching for a cell phone case with laser pointer because they don't even know it exists. So you've got to have, make sure that there's demand either on Amazon or off of Amazon for whatever reason. And you can't use Amazon as like a Kickstarter or crowdfunding or to build a demand. Yeah,
0: and usually this, that, the research is so important to yeah. know what people are searching for and what's selling and looking at the other products when you do a, a keyword search or a category search. Um, and I, I agree with you too. I think, you know, ultimately if you can find, it doesn't have to be the product, but maybe the niche mm-hmm. is something that, because I always tell people to look big picture too. Don't yeah. just look at Amazon, look at yep. maybe can you expand this on Shopify, could you create content on it, could you find influencers you know, think bigger picture, but I think, especially for the first product, or you're, when you're just getting started, you know, go through the learning curve, and then once you get confidence from that, you know what to do, then you can go after a lot more competitive spaces, because you know what it takes, you've, you know, you've, you've studied it, you've got results from it, and it gives you the confidence to pursue more competitive products. Absolutely. So, um, okay, let's talk a little bit about a, uh, listing. So let's say someone has an Amazon product, mm-hmm. Um, or maybe get some traffic to it and everything. How can you know, What are the most important elements, I guess, of a listing that someone should focus on to get the biggest return?
1: Yeah, you've got to look at it almost as like a, a two-pronged effort. You've got to make what we call the machine happy, um, Amazon happy, the algorithm, right? Um, like, for example, if you're trying to use a keyword that Amazon doesn't even think has anything to do with that category you're in, it doesn't matter. You have that keyword. You're You won't be. You won't be uh, indexed for it. You won't even be searchable for it. So you do have to, on one hand, make Amazon happy, but on the other hand, you've got to definitely have your buyers in mind. And and that's a big thing. that I think so many sellers uh, make that mistake is they focus too much on Amazon, which is important. You know, it, relevancy to Amazon is important. But at the end of the day, it's not Amazon's algorithm that decides whether your product is going to be bought or not. It's the actual buyer looking at it. So you got to find that balance between the two, know where to put your most important keywords, you know, I'm sure we're gonna talk about that a little bit, but um, there's a reason why there's a certain kind of hierarchy as far as a listing goes of where Amazon puts priority, you know, where it gives ranking juice, I guess if you, you can call it, because, you know, in their studies that they're like, hey, uh, buyers who see the title, for example, you know, which is, the t- if somebody's gonna see text in in Amazon listing, it's probably the, the title, you know, like, so obviously they're gonna make that so important because they know that might be the only thing that the buyers actually read about their product. Images, of course, is you know, super important, right? So there is, again, all of this that I'm talking about, gotta find that balance between making Amazon happy and making the buyer happy. So, so
0: in other words, like a lot of people, they'll just, here's a bunch of keywords and stuff it in the title, and yeah. that might rank, maybe for some of those yeah. keywords, but a buyer's gonna look at that and it's just like, a bunch of text and exactly. keywords. It's not readable, it's not attractive, it's not mm-hmm. compelling. So you've Absolutely. gotta find that balance. Um, in terms, I guess, keyword optimization, because mm-hmm. that's that's one way people try to get traffic is yeah. they rank it. Amazon's a search engine, so have you found it's best to have the keyword as early as possible in the title, like the first words yes. or the position?
1: Yeah. There's a, there's there's you know a few tricks that um, for those of you who don't know, where there's what's called the canonical URL, and the canonical URL is what's indexing Google and Bing, and it's like if you just have a regular you know any random title what Amazon does is they'll take random words from that title in any order and they just that'll be in your canonical URL. So if any of you want to know what that is, just go to any Amazon listing on a desktop browser. If you look at the top, the actual address, it'll say amazon.com forward slash and it'll be like five words with a dash that's randomly taken from the title and, and then a whole bunch, you know, the ASIN and a bunch of uh, other gibberish there. <clears throat> so the key is you can actually, there's a trick that's working now, it's worked for a few years, it could maybe not work, you can actually lock in that canonical URL by making your first five words of your title. They have to be full words. You can't use like the or end or, or words that Amazon doesn't like, like best or anything like that. But if it's you've got five words and then put a dash after it, Amazon, after 24 hours, will lock that canonical in. So then anytime actually somebody clicks on your listing from off of Amazon, they're clicking on that canonical URL, but you're getting rank juice for those keywords. So the key is like, your most, most important, if you can get like a five word phrase, which is kind of hard, but at least one of the three word phrases, maybe another two word phrase, and somehow make it, again, like you said, you can't just like throw words in there and put a dash because uh, somebody's gonna be like, what, what is this? But if you can find a way to make a five word sentence that's actually important keywords for your listening and then put that dash and lock in your canonical URL. And, and then you just entry. change back the title once you, it's a permanent URL, I guess. It's, it's permanent, but then if you change it later, Amazon might go and randomize that canonical. So like once you lock in, like me personally, I just keep it there. Yeah. Sometimes I've heard about that exact thing. Like they change it afterwards and, and then Amazon just keeps that, that original canonical URL as long as other words haven't really changed in the title. But but that means that anybody clicks on your listing outside of uh, of Amazon, and then it's like, it's almost as if you search. Amazon, in Amazon's mind, it's almost as if the customer searched for that keyword. So the most important keyword I would put, right at the beginning uh, of your title. But nowadays, Amazon is saying, hey, you need to put your brand name in the beginning. So that's, that's a thing, like right now, it's not locking it in. It's not automatic, like you don't get automatically suppressed if it's not, but they did say, this was at Amazon Boost conference last year, um, where they said, hey, they're gonna start doing manual checks and if they see that your brand name is not the first word of your title, they might uh, either suppress your listing or actually go in there and make their own title and that you can't even change anymore. So just know that you're running the risk if you don't put your brand at the beginning.
0: Got it, so having, having the keyword in the, the, the URL, the title, and then also Amazon gives you the option to add other keywords to your listing as well. Yes. Um, do you mind sharing you know, with people, how, how can they do keyword research? I know yeah. there's a manual way which could be pretty mm-hmm. gruesome and you guys have an awesome software that helps them to give them some of the research for them, but I guess what's that process typically to find keywords if they, know that they want to sell a yoga mat let's say yeah um, how would they find the keywords that are best for them to rank and optimize their product for yeah
1: so what i'm going to talk about um regardless of whatever tool you're using you know you, this is very important so you don't don't zone out just because you don't have helium 10 but you can definitely use this but it's so important again as i said amazon's about existing demand um and so don't try and reinvent the wheel you know so if you have searched for a product and done great product research and there's something that has demand, there's probably some sellers who are already doing well. Okay, So the first thing is what I like to do is I like to identify four or five of my most direct competitors. Now here's an interesting thing that I always teach that I think people don't realize. Like for example, you type in accordion right now on Amazon, just the word accordion. You're gonna have some like $500 professional accordions, you're gonna have like some $25 kids accordions. They're all on the same page. That's, that keyword accordion probably is the main keyword for all of those. But here's the thing, if I've got that $500 accordion, that $25 accordion, the, the kids one, yeah. even it actually does, if you actually type this, the last I checked, if you type in accordion, like there's a $25 kids accordion that has Amazon's choice and bestseller badge and all that. If I've got the $500 professional accordion, I don't even care what the heck keywords that one is listing. Yes, they're number one on my page, they are not my competitor and that like shocks some people when I say that. like I don't care if they're on the same main they have the same main keyword that is not your competitor because here is what happens when you buy a product on Amazon or like what's something that you searched for recently Yoga mat yoga mat okay <laughs> so when you decided that you need a yoga mat an, an image went in your mind like hey this is the kind of yoga mat I want you know I know some are ribbed or, or, or some are a certain material yeah yeah like you had an image in your head. Now, you can't, you know, we don't have the technology yet of transferring an image in our head to an actual yeah. search. I'm sure in like 20 years yeah. will, we'll have that, right? So what you did was you had that image in your head and then you, to your best ability, like made it a keyword search. Yeah. Yo, was it yoga mat that you actually searched for? Do you yeah. remember? Or? I, I, At first mm-hmm. that, but I'll be more specific. Exactly. So yoga
0: mat, smooth, or a specific color.
1: Yeah, so you're trying to put words to that image in your head, and so that's, all the exact process that all Amazon buyers use. They have they have a need and then when they got that need, they get an image in their head and then they go to a computer or a, or a phone and they type that what that image is with keywords. And then now what they're looking for is they're looking for a result that goes back to that original image in their head. So the key is, when I I know it seems like we, we got off track, but really we haven't, is you need to find <clears throat> the competitors that are most similar to your product. In other words, if people had searched for that keyword and then they saw and they ended up buying that other product, they, they're they the kind of customer who would have bought yours. So like a yoga mat, a lot of times, you know, what are some kinds of like, I don't know much about yoga I, I don't know the
0: brands, but. But like, like, like
1: types of like styles, like for example, accordion, I said, hey, there's kids accordions, I, there's. Yeah, no I'm, I'm
0: not a super yoga mat expert, but I just. Designs, colors—I think those are yeah. different ways. And then yeah, the the texture, the material, the quality. of Oh, there's it. like a
1: foam. There's like a thick foam one yeah. I've there's, used, but then there's a kind of like really thin, really
0: thin ones. So it, different preferences exactly. that people have. Yeah. So yeah. like, and, and, and it's such a big market too oh, that, yeah. like, you someone might go general uh, or broad in their keyword search, but yeah. then they're going to be more specific, exactly, because there's just there's so many listings and and so much demand that you know you don't have to be on the first page just for yoga mat. Yes. You can make 100K a month just for like a long
1: tail keyword. Yep, Yep. and And that's exactly so important what you just said, is people start broad and then they narrow it down. And that's the thing, that you gotta find those narrowed down uh, keywords to also make sure that you're picking the right competitor because here's the thing, somebody who types in yoga mat, they could be wanting that thick foam or whatever material that is, or they could be the one that wants a thin one that has some cool uh, trendy design or something, right? So the thing is, You've got to pick when you pick your competitors that you're going to compare yourself or do keyword research. You've got to find the, the, the products that are most similar in price, form, function. Everything's yours. In other words, hey, people who bought that product, they would have bought my product maybe if they saw it side by side. You know, that's not the case with a kid's accordion versus a professional accordion. So then find five of those products, five of those products that are very, you know, not where their price at 80 and your price at 20. Because again, that might be a different kind of customer similar price, similar coloring maybe, and then what you do is see what, say, what keywords are driving their sales. Amazon doesn't make that public, obviously, and we, you know, we don't do any black hat things. I know there's crazy things that people do nowadays to, to figure out what that is, but it makes sense. You, you wanna see what words are driving their sales. Look at the high search volume keywords that they're on page one for, all right? Because the only way they can get on page one and stay on page one is if they're converting for those keywords. So what you do is you can use Cerebro by Helium 10 or whatever tool you might have, find one that you can enter in their ASIN and then see, hey, what keywords maybe are are searched for at least 500 times a month are they on page one for? Because you know that to get to page one and to stay on page one, they have to have converted. And then guess what? If that competitor has a product so close to you, those are the keywords that could be, they're bringing sales for your competitor. They could bring sales to you. And so those are my most like important keywords right there. Makes sense. Um, where else would you optimize your listing for the keywords? You put in the bullets,
0: the description, which ones, obviously the title has the most weight Yes. and then, you know, the section where Amazon gives you the ability to add keywords, but description bullet points as well.
1: Yeah. In, in 2019, um, you know, maybe you're watching this video in 2021 or something it could be different. So make sure to check. But in 2019, uh, the, the weight ratio goes number one title, And number two is actually surprising to me. It's search terms, which is your back-end keywords. That was shocking. That was like in 2018, I didn't even know that. Um, And I thought it was false. I think it was Kevin King or somebody I heard first say that. I was like, nah.
0: So is that when someone searches for a certain keyword and they find the product Amazon, is that they register that that's how someone found it? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, they do that, but there's an actual
1: field, the search terms. Um, it's, it's, It's actually called search terms in your listing, but nobody knows it by there. So it's... Think of when people say back-end search terms or back-end keywords, okay. that's what they're talking about, the ones that are not visible. Yes. But Amazon actually will recommend that you duplicate something from like your title or something in those back-end. Okay. And if somebody will say, oh no, 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 Amazon says not to do that. Well, I had a friend who, um, he was not ranking very well. He wasn't even ranking top 300 for a certain keyword. He was in his title. And so he, he opened up a case Amazon's Amazon. He's like, Amazon, I want to show up um, a little bit earlier, you know, like, I don't even mean the top seven pages, I'm not even top 300, what, what, is, what should I do? And the Amazon rep actually asked him, was like, well, do you have that search term also in your backend search terms or your search term? And he's like, no. Uh, so they're like, put it in. So he put it in, didn't do any extra PPC, didn't do a launch or giveaway or anything. It went from unranked to like, like 220 or 250 or something. I mean, still, he's not gonna get any sales from there, but that just shows you how that field there is so important that just by adding that keyword to that field, he was able to increase in ranking, so that's number two. Number three is subject matter. Again, that's also in the back end. It's not in every category, and it's not in Europe currently, but subject matter is another back end search term field uh, that has the number three imports. Number four is bullet points, and number five is the description, the front end description. Got
0: it. Do they look at reviews at all, keywords and reviews? or That Maybe is been going back seen. and forth
1: as far as if it's indexed or not yeah. um, because now there's even, if you want to go like really high level, there, you know, if you put images, you have metadata. I mean, like, so that's like, we'll have to make a special high-end video just for that, but like, there's a lot oh, of different man. things, but as long as you get those five things, yeah. you, you'll be good, and then if, if for whatever reason, uh, reviews in, uh, or text and reviews, 100,000% is indexing Google, so which is also important. Um, it's just not as consistent on Amazon, but, but yeah. Got it. <clears throat> okay. And then what about, uh, you know, obviously the, the
0: images are incredibly important. A lot of people might just buy looking at the image itself, regardless of the title. Um, any advice when it comes to uh, just really high quality product
1: images, yeah. obviously the main one, but also the other ones that you can list as well. There's lifestyle images, you know, so some categories are, are good for that. You know, some are not like, you know, if it's like some really you know specific thing like, uh, you know, a, a a cable, you know, maybe I don't know, um, or or a lens, like or a lens cap, like you know, how would you make a lifestyle image of that? You know, it might not be appropriate. But the thing I, I tell everybody too about images, and then the first bullet point, and then the first part of the description. That's one point in listing optimization. The the first thing that comes up on mobile actually is the description after the title. Right. The first thing that comes up on desktop, as we all know, is the actual bullet points, the first bullet points. So those three things, uh, first bullet point first paragraph of your description and your images. I always suggest everybody, you've got to make an emotional connection with your buyer. In my opinion, there's two kinds of buyers. You, you just said, you did not know of any kind of special yoga mat brand, right? Now, there's somebody here, like we have our our cameraman here who has a Lumix camera, right? He might need a new lens. He's not searching some generic, He's gotta find the exact, I need the Lumix 75-3 lens, right? And that kind of customer, when it comes up, he doesn't care about the reviews. He doesn't care about the listing or if it looks good. He he just needs that product and needs it in two days because it's from Amazon. But then, a person like yourself, on a different kind of search for yoga mat, you're not married to a certain brand. You don't even know, know what the brands are. You're just searching yoga mat. Those are the kind of customers that, as private label sellers, we need to focus on and then make that emotional connection. So a big mistake that so many sellers make is they're thinking so much about the keywords, like you said, and keyword stuffing, that yeah, you're making Amazon happy with the algorithm or whatever, but, there's no connection. You, know, you put a bunch of scientific terms, right? It doesn't, it doesn't connect with the buyer. to their, It doesn't speak to their wants, their needs, or anything. So probably if you put them to sleep, they're going to go to the next listing you know, or they'll, they'll start narrowing down their search. But if you can hit their pain point or what their goal is or what their dream is in that bullet point, in that image, again, going back to that image in their head of when they first, you know, like maybe the image in the head of somebody with a yoga mat is, they're, they're going to a high-end yoga uh, class and they want to show off a, a real fancy one. So, you know, maybe in the image or the bullet point, it's like, hey, do you want to seem like you have a yoga mat that has a million? Like, oh, crap, that's exactly... Them the benefit, not just the exactly. feature, but the benefit of it. Exactly, yeah. and get to their, speak to their emotions, yeah. and then... And I
0: think, you know, that's it so important. Yeah. It's really knowing the customer, yeah. you know, and doing a lot of research. I always recommend people, whoever your competitors are, know who they are and read their reviews and the good ones and the yeah. bad ones and really learn, I guess, find that customer avatar and what you know, who that is. And, you know, even once you have the customer too, I know Amazon doesn't give you the information, but over time, the more you can get to know who your customer is, the more you can meet their needs and and help serve them in that way. Um, so lifestyle images, like actually take, you know, hiring a professional photographer that is taking pictures of the person using the product. Like a stroller. I mean, that's exactly a a given. So that person can imagine and see it in their mind, like this, that's who I want to be or what it's going to be like. Awesome. So, um, what other types of product images would just be like a... Uh, you want variety of different ones? Infographic okay. is another type. With time. text on it. Yeah, it with it.
1: text and a you know, little diagram showing like different uh, different features. And and uh, a rumor that's been going around is that soon... I mean, I think for certain vendors, they have this available. But it soon might be available to others is... is um, uh, what do you call it? 360, like a 360 spin. You know how, like, sometimes you go on websites and you can, like, put your mouse and, like, spin it around? So, if that, that becomes available, absolutely take advantage of that. And then, if you've got a brand registry 2.0, um, you have access to what's called enhanced brand content, and you can actually put a video right there up with your images. And so, that is highly recommended as well. Got it.
0: Um, how about pricing your product? Um, is there any tips that you have when it comes to determining the best price? and I guess optimizing it to find the best price that is gonna convert the mess most?
1: There, there's two different things that, that, that could happen. You know, like you could go and you maybe wanna actually price yours the highest to catch those people who, who like, like premium or they, at least they like to feel that, hey, I always buy the most expensive things, right? So even though your product might be on par, so that's one method that people use, nothing wrong with that. The other method is, hey, they might be on par with everybody, theirs might be even better, but then they're like, hey, I know there's certain customers who actually sort sometimes by price, and so I'm gonna make sure I'm I'm the lowest, you know, on the first page, or I'm the lowest. Or you just try and make yourself, you know, steady, and then hope that if all things are equal, at least I have such great listing optimization because of my images, my bullet points, and all that stuff that people will will pick mine. So there's no one correct answer for that, but the, the a big important thing is if you do if you do uh, choose that high end thing, you had better have some quality product, you know, because that's an instant recipe. If you try and over state your product or overprice it and you don't deliver, you're going to get bad reviews right away. Yeah.
0: So in, in terms, of, I guess, you know, optimizing, those are the things that are in your control. And then the other piece is, you know, Amazon's going to rank you based on your sales velocity yeah. and how many sales that you drive. Um, and I, I, you know, with Helium 10, you guys have the ability to help people determine, you know, how many products you're going to sell to rank mm-hmm. it. Four different keywords. So do you mind, you know, maybe we can transition a bit into Helium 10 sure. and how that can help sellers. Uh, Helium 10, again, is a software. They've got a whole incredible suite of tools beyond just product research based on the different stages you're at. But do you mind sharing with people a little bit about Helium 10 and how it can help them?
1: Yeah, so the, I mean, the, the most important thing is what I had talked about is analyzing your competitors. You, know, like you, can, you can enter five of ASINs, right? Pull out those keywords. And then what I would do for my product launch is you know, I'll pick three or four of the most important keywords. I would of course, going back to optimization, make sure they're in prime real estate locations right there um, in my listing. But then I would do a launch. There's something called a CPR number, and that's like the number of units you would have to, you know, uh, have people search for at a, at a discount. You know, maybe on using an Amazon coupon promotion in order to give you the best chance to get to uh, page one. But that's not the only way that you so can So analyze your
0: competitors to, based mm-hmm. on the position for that keyword.
1: Yes, and then you've got to track that. We've got the keyword tracker because here's the thing. Like I said with that accordion example, maybe that kid's accordion is page one, position one, and I'm like page one, position five. That might not be a bad thing because, again, if numbers one through four are all those kid's accordion, in my customer avatar's mind, I'm really at number five, page one, position one. Because they just completely browse over those. Like, if you were searching, if you had a certain yoga mat that you had, you're like, hey, I wanna buy a $20 yoga mat. If the top 10 listings were all $500 yoga mats, it's almost as if that didn't exist for you. Like, the first one that comes up for you that actually hits your need, that's like the first listing. So, it's important not just to worry about where you're ranking on the page, which absolutely is important because, as we all know, nobody goes past page one, right? And then, of course, the top of the page one's is better. But even more importantly, where your what your what we call relative rank is, and that's one thing you can do with helium 10 is you can put on a one graph or one keyboard or keyboard, keyword, your listing, and then like four or five of your competitors, and then you can see, hey, where where I ranking compared to my competitors, and so that's I think that's something a lot of sellers don't focus on. They're like they just want to know where they're at on the on the um, on the page, uh, but it's almost more important to know where you are relative to your top selling competitors. Yeah. And let me ask you this too, you know,
0: I think a lot of sellers, they, they, you know, they get their listing up and it's selling, but they're almost like too afraid to test it. And, you know, obviously as marketers, we should always optimize and split test. And, you know, one little difference in an image or a price or title, I mean, uh, a 5% conversion boost can be pretty significant if you weigh that out. So, Have you noticed, is that something you're always trying to do as well, oh. always split test or trying to improve it? Because I think a lot of people, they just put up their listing as optimized, they don't do anything after that.
1: Absolutely, I'm gonna give you guys uh, my, my, my speech tomorrow. It's, it's called Seven Hacks yeah. on Amazon. And I'm gonna give you guys one of the seven that nobody else has seen yet, because it's tomorrow. And this has nothing to do with Helium 10. I don't get any, we don't get any uh, affiliate or, or anything. There's this website called pickfu.com, P-I-C-K-F-U.com. And basically what it allows you to do is split test, anything really, but images, before you even make your listing. So a lot of people, if you already have your listing, yeah, you know, you, you can do a split test on your live listing, but it's even better before you even make your listing live, do something like split test two of your the main images, because what happens is sellers get so haughty sometimes. They think they know the best about their product, and they're like, yeah, this is absolutely the best image. This is absolutely the best. But what happens is their sales suck and they like don't realize it and they actually ask some friends, hey, what do you think about this image? Hey, that image sucks. Yeah. They're like, what? And they don't know. So a website like PickFood.com, what you do is you put two images and they actually have a whole list of Amazon buyers, right? So within like one hour, you'll have responses from 50 Amazon buyers about which one they pick and then you have the demographic breakdown and everything. And that might seem like overkill, but guess what? Sometimes, like you said, like a conversion rate from 10 to 15%, what? It might sell off. What's 5%? But imagine that over a year on a product that's selling maybe 20, 30 units a day. I mean, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars just by being able to help your conversion rate. And images is there, so make sure to, uh, as Stefan said, split testing is absolutely yeah. important. So it's PIC, P-I-C-F-U? pickfu.com. Okay. Awesome. We'll
0: link yeah. to that below. So you've given so much, but I know we want to actually do a demo of Helium yeah. 10 so you guys can actually see what this tool is and how it can help you and see the, you know, see it in an action. So. What we're going to do right now is we're going to transition bradley's going to give you a walkthrough, show you helium 10 and then we'll be back for the conclusion
1: all right thanks stefan so we're going to talk a little bit about the listing optimization but it kind of starts with the keyword research because we have to prioritize our keywords that we're going to put in the listing so how do we do that we can't put things in phrase form what is phrase form phrase form means like if the word is neck pillows for airplane I put it exactly in that order somewhere in my listing neck pillows for airplane. We can't do that to every single keyword that we research. There's not enough room. So I have to be able to prioritize what maybe my most important keywords are. So what I did off screen was I just said, Hey, I'm going to uh, have a product that's similar to this in that it's going to have like a bag, maybe a, a cool ergonomically shaped neck pillow and an eye mask. So I picked five products, this being one of them, that are the most similar to that because I don't care what this product here is is doing in Amazon or what keywords are driving its sales or this product because it's a little bit different than my product, my potential product. All right, so yes, it's a neck pillow but I really wanna laser focus my keyword research. So the first two I picked are these two because as you can see, it has those three functions. And then I went down and I got uh, three more here. So obviously I didn't pick this one. I didn't pick this one. Um, didn't pick this one because I didn't see the eye mask there. So I picked this one. It's got those three things. I picked this one, one, two, three. And I picked this one, all right? Five products, very similar to what I have in mind. I want to see what are the maybe 10 to 20 uh, most important keywords that are really driving the sales for those other products. So let me go to Cerebro and show you what I found here. Okay, so we are here in Cerebro and I put all of those products right in here. Okay, so this was just a baseline product that I put and these are the five competitors that I put. And what I did was I entered in this filter first, ranking competitors. That means that, hey, I'm looking for keywords that not just one of them, is ranking for organically in the search results. Not just two, not just three, but at least four, if not five out of them are ranking high for. Then I put the search volume, 1,500. This is can be different per category, but for this one, I was like, I know neck pillows are searched for a lot. I wanna see the keywords that are estimated search volume of at least 1,500 per month. And then the last thing I did was I put competitor rank average one to 25. This means that if I take that organic position of the ones that are ranking, that they're basically all kind of on page one. And if it's a high volume keyword, we know that to get on and stay on page one, it's got to be converting. So again, if a product like that is converting for, the, um, for my competitors, well, then I probably would be able to convert for it if all things are equal. Right? So what that did was it gave me, um, it went from 5,600 organic keywords and it narrowed it down to only 17. Okay. So this brought me to my 17 most important keywords. I probably would need to narrow this down a little bit more. Like maybe there's some brand names in here or something. I'm not sure, but I'm just trying to give you guys a speed version of the entire process. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to export those to the clipboard. I'm gonna open our listing optimization tool called Scribbles, all right? I'm gonna paste it right in here in phrase form. And again, I wanted to target these as what I wanna put in phrase form because the most important keywords I wanna try and keep in phrase form. Now, let's go back. Let's just say I wanna find other keywords. So I'm just gonna widen this search real quick. I wanna find like at least three, 400 more keywords. So I'm just gonna say, show me the keywords with at least search volume of 200. Uh, maybe only two ranking competitors, maybe they're in the top hundred. I'm just, again, I'm just throwing random things out. You would need to do a lot more detailed search, but I just wanted a list of a lot of keywords. So here, as you can see, 349 keywords. All right. So now these are words that maybe I do target as I want to be searchable. I want to be indexed for them, but maybe they're not as important as those, um, ones I wanted in phrase form, but I still want to make sure I'm indexed. So I'm going to put those right here into Frankenstein. All right. So now all of those uh, keywords are in Frankenstein. Now let's say you also did a search, like maybe your most important keyword that you really, you know, targeted was airplane. Let's, let's say, um, airplane neck pillow for airplane travel. That is pretty, pretty targeted, right? So I'm going to say neck pillow for airplane travel. Let me open that up in our other keyword research tool magnet here. And I'm just curious as to what other keywords might be related to this one, or maybe am I able to add other keywords to that phrase just to be able to get indexed for it? Like I know I'm going to have neck pillow for airplane travel in my listing, but maybe I want to see, are there words where if I just add one or two words, I would also um, rank for it. Take a look at this. That's what this number means right here right now, this found 3000 other keywords. Let's forget about that for now. Let's just focus on what smart complete is. Smart complete is basically saying that there are 170 other forms of neck pillow for airplane travel that might have activity on Amazon. It could be neck pillow for airplane travel for men. It could be neck pillows for airplane airplanes travel. You know, It goes plural singular, but I just wanna know, like I know I'm gonna put this keyword in my listing is there like one more word I can add to this phrase or two more words, or can I change the um, the formation of these words in order to index for another phrase? Well, watch this. I'm gonna go ahead and do that here. I'm gonna say, show me the ones that were smart complete and maybe at least searched 50 times a month. All right, let's see what that narrows it down to. It narrows it down to 51 words. Okay, so I'm gonna say, hey, these 51 words, I also want to put in my listing. So I'm gonna put those into Frankenstein. Now, again, I'm going fast. You you can pause this. You can rewind it. This is just a brief overview. A lot of the steps I'm taking here probably should take you an hour each because you really want to do a deep dive, but I want to just give you the basic concept of everything. Now, if you recall, there are, let me show you here. There are what? 1486 individual words here. Where does that come from? That comes from cerebro. All right. Um, which I had like 350 phrases and then i had my magnet smart complete with another 50 phrases so really there's 400 phrases that maybe i targeted as words that i or phrases that i want to index for i want to be searchable for you know these are keyword phrases that might bring me sales however i know that there's not 1486 unique words in there i I wouldn't have room for 1486 unique words in a listing and why do I know that there's there, there's not 1,486 unique words? Look, look at this, I see airplane, 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 airplane. Um, I see neck, 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 pillow, 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 all of these duplicates here, right? So if I wanna find, remember, you only have to have a word technically speaking once in a listing in order to index for it. And it doesn't have to be in phrase form. It just helps Amazon understand that it's relevant to your listing if you do have it in phrase form. So uh, I'm gonna show you something really cool. In an instant, I'm going to say remove the duplicates, and let's process this. All right? Um, I'm also going to say, hey, remove the common words like for. All right? Remove for, the, and, and remove single letters like A or I, etc. So those 1,800 words, how many words am I left with? Look at this. I took four. This is a list of 1480 words. Remember that comes from 400 phrases. How do you spell phrases? I don't know. Phrases. Okay. Only 166 unique words are in all of these right here. That's it. So I have to put only 166 words. Thanks to Frankenstein here that showed me this in order to index for all of these things right here. So What do I do with this information? I want to put those into scribbles as well. To do that, I have to put these line by line, but don't worry, that doesn't take a lot of copy and paste. I just have to hit this one button, one word or phrase per line. Boom, there it is right here. Let me go ahead and copy this list of keywords and let's go to scribbles, all right? Here's where those phrases that I entered, those are the ones that I'm targeting in phrase form. I paste it, okay? So here I have those uh, 100 and whatever words plus these important, phrases that I targeted. Okay. Uh, I'm going to hit apply. Now, what do I have here? I've got a list of words and phrases. All right. So these phrases are those ones that I put that I want to have in phrase form. As you see, there's different colors here. Basically it's grouped by search volume. So the red would be the group of keyword phrases that are searched for most. And it goes down in priority Uh, up here. The words are basically just grouped by color by frequency down here. So neck pillow and travel are the most frequent down here. So that's why those are red. Now I still don't want to get started. Actually, yeah, let's go ahead and make the title. Let me just show you what happens here. What you want to do in listing optimization is see how you can get more bang for the buck. We talked about the title being the most important part of a listing as far as Amazon's viewpoint on what keywords really are important for this listing. So I want to try and get as many of those phrases here in the title as possible. So watch what I can do here. I can say neck, I'm going to say travel, neck, pillow. Um, Let's see neck pillow. Is there another word I can get in here? Travel, neck pillows, travel, neck pillow. Let me see here. I tried to get three in one, but I can't do it. I'm just going to say neck travel, neck pillow for airplane travel. This is something you would not want to do. All right. You would not want to put three (laughs) travel twice, but let me show you why I'm doing this. All right. So basically what I have here is I have a phrase here a phrase here and a phrase here. Three phrases I was able to get in one. Again, you don't wanna say travel neck pillow for airplane travel, but I just wanna show you what your goal should be. Try and get multiple phrases in phrase form. The reason why these are crossed off down here is because I've got neck pillow right here, I've got travel neck pillow, And I've got travel neck pillow for airplane travel, all in one phrase, but without having to put punctuation or things like that, it realizes that it is in phrase form, okay? Um, I could continue writing the listing, but one important thing that sometimes we don't always remember is that we really need uh, to, to get in our buyer's minds. So I can do that. What I did was here, I went to this listing here, and then I used review downloader, and I went to review downloader, and downloaded all of these reviews from the last year and it came up right here. Okay. So this is something that I noticed. The first thing I clicked on was the eye mask. Basically what this is showing, what helium 10 did here, it showed all of the two, three, four and five word phrases that appear the most in this listing and listed it in descending order. So I don't have to guess what the typical customer for a neck pillow that's like mine is thinking about. They're telling me what they're thinking about from the reviews. And a lot of these are stuff that you would normally, you know, you would think is logical. Neck pillow, you know, it's comfortable. Memory foam, that might be interesting. But the reason why I I clicked on this was the eye mask. I'm like, what? How can the eye mask be the fourth most talked about phrase? So I click on it and I can see here, it's highlighted. Everybody is talking about the eye mask, okay? So that's obviously something important to buyers of this product. And you might know that a buyer is not going to search for the eye mask and expect to get neck pillow. All right. That, that they might be thinking about eye mask that they would love to have that, but it might not be what they search for. What they search for are the keywords such as uh, neck pillow, travel neck pillow, travel pillow but maybe what they're thinking about is, man, it would be cool if I had an eye mask as well. So how do I use that information? Well, right here in the bullet point, instead of trying to keyword stuff, I'm gonna go ahead and use another uh, another phrase from the, from the phrases. Um, um, Many travel pillows for airplanes do not have a cool eye mask. Again, guys, this is, I'm not a copywriter or I probably could do this, but I'm not spending any time. I'm just doing this live right here, all right? Don't make a bullet point like this. But the point is, what did I do here? What I did was I was able to use another keyword right down here, right? Travel pillows for airplanes, okay? But then I incorporated an emotional connection, something that might get the buyer's attention that maybe they're not searching for, but it's important now that I'm talking about a function or um, a pain point that they might have. Like they might be looking, not just to be able to rest on the airplane, but be able to like not have the light. And again, these are things they don't search for with their fingers. They're searching for it with their mind. Maybe right. They're thinking about it, but by doing this and putting it in an important place here in my listing optimization, the bullet, the first bullet point, which is the first thing that somebody sees on the desktop after the title. Well, now I'm just reinforcing that this Uh, But my travel pillow also has an eye mask now This can be many different things in many different categories But it's something that I always want to stress in listing optimization that you try and make an emotional connection to your buyer To like really let them know why they should probably buy your product that what kind of function it has that sets you apart from others so again, um That was just a very brief overview of how to get started on listing optimization. It's a process no matter what, even if you're using helium 10, if you're using helium 10, you do the exact thing that I did just a little bit longer, but regardless of the tool you're using, or if you're not using tools, I hope you guys understood the process here. You got to find the most relevant and important keywords to your buyer. The ones that give you the best chance at making sales, high sales for your product. And then you get that list of keywords so you can make sure to target those and put those in phrase form in your listing. Then you widen your search and just get all of the different words you just want to index for. Make sure to have those and put those in your listing. And again, the way that you can do that is using a tool like this where you can see there's a line that crosses through so you know which words that you've used or not. Because you can do the best keyword research in the world, but if you don't have those words in your listing, you're not going to be searchable for it. So this is listing optimization is a very important part. And then also do not forget about making that emotional connection, either in your images or in your bullet points in the first lines of the description, try and find out what your typical customer avatar is thinking about, and then integrate that into important, parts in your listing so that you can connect with that buyer and give them more reason to go ahead and convert and buy your product. So Stefan, I hope that was helpful for your audience. And if you guys have any questions, just put it here in the comments and I'd be happy to answer. Thanks.
0: All right. Thank you guys so much for watching. I hope you guys enjoyed that demonstration from Bradley. Uh, Bradley, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. And you know, for those of you that are watching this what want to learn more or use Helium 10 Bradley and his team uh, was really gracious to give us a special discount for you guys being a subscriber of Project Life Mastery. So if you use the link below in the description of this video, go to Helium 10 and use the coupon code MASTERY50, you'll save 50% off your first month of Helium 10. So that's MASTERY50. Use that on your checkout. You'll save 50% off your first month. Give it a try. I think once you use it, you'll realize and see the power and benefit from it and be a lifelong customer of it. So uh, check that out, the links again below. Um, Otherwise, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for uh, the time and thank you guys for watching. We'll see you again in the next video. Thanks for joining me today and listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or received any value,